Oh, wait, no, we can't do it. Oh, quick time? Quick time, right? Maybe I'll leave this in because I am recording. <laughs> Fantastic. Good job. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings, sir. Um, we just uh, did a little uh, warm-up party on Twitter Spaces. We did. Which, which, if you didn't know, you would think that you were on Clubhouse. Yeah, it's like Clubhouse, but with a list of people that I've interacted with before. Right. <laughs> which is what I'm supposed to have in Clubhouse, but I refuse to give it. Your all of my contacts book or something yeah yeah and yeah so i i keep trying clubhouse but i yeah i've had some good experiences now with twitter spaces because i see names and i'm like oh i i read their tweets this is cool and it just brings you like one step closer to actually knowing a person so clubhouse what they're onto is definitely a feature but just like snapchat is worth a ton even though instagram copied it Maybe there's uh, room for a company built around that feature and that feature getting added to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who so knows? It must be a little like, scary. <laughs> yeah. But you, you uh, have to, yeah, you have to know that. I'm sure that's part of the reason they raised, you know, another giant pile of money from Andreessen Horowitz recently is. But it's got to hurt that it's Twitter. <laughs> when they were doing their SWOT analysis, it's like potential copycats, fast followers. Who do we got? Well, Facebook, uh huh. And then like number ninety-eight, like uh, Cisco, possibly. Yeah. Okay, any 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 others? Square. I suppose Twitter could copy Square. <laughs> Somewhere at the bottom, uh, Twitter. Everyone laughs. Yeah. And they don't actually like, add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah strategy yeah. it's tricky I, it is brutal well you know you're onto something when twitter copies you for sure <laughs> exactly <laughs> who's next ibm that's right yeah. oracle yeah. sun microsystems adds stories <laughs> so well, they actually did have stories i all this is new to me because i just installed the twitter app today to join your space thing mm. spaces thing um, MySpace. And I saw moments as well. Did you see that there's a new MySpace? Like someone recreated MySpace as like a Is fun the... like CSS project kind of thing. But like now they have like several hundred thousand users <laughs> because people just start <laughs> signing up. I don't remember <laughs> what it's called, but I saw it on Twitter. It was someone That's just they, for fun and giggles, they just recreated MySpace. And now they have like more than 100,000 users. That's incredible. Did you find I mean, it? Which, not yet. What's sad though is that's like more. That's more users than some people who are just really focused on starting social networks end up getting. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's so funny. You remember MySpace, uh, Tom? I do. I, I kept trying to think what was his name. That's right. Tom. Your first friend. It's called uh, Space Hay. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey is a good name. Space Hey. Somebody should. What is it? 
Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, oh my it's gosh. Just, it's perfect. Yeah. That's why people are signing up for it. Because <laughs> it actually <laughs> works. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they tweet like they have like a blog post from like that they just have had like a hundred hundred thousand registered users. <laughs> this is amazing. So they have this like downtime all... all this the, all the time because like they didn't expect <laughs> this. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, which is the same. That's the same story as behind that like right wing uh, social media thing that sprung up was uh, Parler. Jeez, yeah, Parler, right? They. Did you see their CTO come on and say the reason that they went down? He 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 posted this thing. He's like, uh, the number of messages sent um, on our service has now exceeded, um, you know, one point whatever whatever billion messages or you know billion messages, and all the people who've ever created a database index in their life are like snickering because yeah. they use a signed integer for their primary key. And it just brought the entire app, it brought the entire app down. Oh man! Oh man! So yeah, yeah. maybe Trump is on space. Hey, I don't know. Mm, Won't promise yeah. too much, but Not people could s- sign up and have a look. You can search users. So um, if anybody wants to try that, there is <laughs> somebody claimed the real Donald Trump handle already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Well, yeah. It's been. We're Do they have having... spaces? Do they have like the clubhouse feature? Could we just use that? It has music charts. Nice. Wow, this is so well done, and it's just garish prison of Arial font and bad placement of periods and spacing <laughs> on everything. It's just so. This is incredible. Yeah. I mean, and this is sad too, because I used to make websites like this and we thought this was good. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. In Denmark, we had another social network before um, MySpace and Facebook got popular. Um, and oh, it got popular here. So there was like, it was like every kid had an, a profile on this website. But it was the mm-hmm. same thing like MySpace. You had this little like WYSIWYG kind of like HTML field for your profile. Mm. And I remember like there was one girl in my s- school that was like really good at this. So you like the the trick was like to try to convince her to like style your profile. Nice. And she would like add all these cool things that you had no idea like how how she did it because she like knew like where to copy it from and <laughs> where to paste it. And... <laughs> she knows the cheat codes. <laughs> there was another girl who she was really good at uh, cre- creating like ringtones on uh, the Nokia, like you know. Oh wow! I didn't know you could create your own. Yeah, yeah the you Nokia. could just type in numbers and then they turn into ringtones. I remember she did yeah. uh, Avril Lavigne's "Skater Boy" for me. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible! Yeah, <laughs> sitting there in class writing music on people's phones. That's great, man. That's I wonder great. what she's doing today. <laughs> we're we're little, we're slightly like our generation. We're slightly gapped here because I think ours, mine was like GeoCities pages, and AOL, you know, AOL screen names and IRC and ICQ and all of that. Um, I think you're like nine years older than me. Yeah, 
So my, my first web pages were on the ISP that I dialed into. That was like the first place I had a homepage. And then after that, it was GeoCities where yeah. I had a couple of sites. I, I mean, I started made, making websites when I was 10 or 11. So I actually did, like I did get like the families, like the, the one like site we got with our uh, ISP. <laughs> Your five and megabyte I, I got to use that. Space. Yeah. And then so at one point great. I found out that you could do like, subfolder so you could just have like as many websites as you wanted oh uh, yeah yeah That's but i cool. remember like my dad so my dad is a programmer he taught me the only way he knew like how to use ftp was with the the command line the command prompt on windows and he uh, so he showed me how to do like ftp put star whatever like what you yeah <laughs> so I, nice. I remember like yelling down the stairs like ask if i could like turn on the internet so i could upload my website and it had That's to so be cool. after 7.30 because then it was half price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's... And, like, you know, grandma couldn't call because she was yeah, blocking yeah. the phone. That was yeah, fun. no. Yeah, and you get partway through a very large download and somebody would call. And in my house, it would disrupt the connection. And, like, you just hear this click and then the phone would start ringing. Or they get a busy signal. Like it was kind of a crapshoot. Like you didn't know if they were either going to not be able to get through or if they were going to get through and interrupt your download, in which case, like you'd have to start all over again. Um, your 300 minutes that you got on AOL per month. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good, man. So we're a little Anyways. bit beyond that now. Yep. Back to 2021. Podcast. Um, Podcast, man. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? You're working on, on something and. I am. I've been let's just call on it, let's just call it let's just call it something with a capital S. Something about something. something. Yeah, I've been tweeting, teasing a little bit. Uh, did a fun thing on Friday where we I basically because so so far like we're working on a new idea and I think I said last time that maybe I could say some more this week and I will. Um, so we're working on an idea and we're we're basically doing like design mockups of everything. Um, including the website in Figma. Figma is okay. a really awesome tool. Like I had Bjorn kind of like show me how it works, but it's so cool that we just like play. It's like Google Docs, but for designing stuff, right? Hmm. So we're just in the same document and then you can share it as basically like a read-only product. I think they call them prototypes. Um, so I was able to share basically our website, but as like a Figma document. But some people actually thought they were on a website, so they're like, hey, this looks weird on my screen. And they're like, oh, oh. wait, it's actually, it's just a, <laughs> it's a an, an image, yeah. Nice. Um, so I did a fun thing on Friday where I just, because um, I showed it, I, I, I tweeted about it, that we were working on this thing and we were hoping to launch it soon. Mm -hmm. um, and then some of the people that liked that tweet, I just DM'd them and were like, hey, do you want a sneak peek? in exchange for your gut reaction mm -hmm. <laughs> and um most people wanted that <laughs> so some people started sending me videos of their gut reaction which is so cool <laughs> so, so yeah. it's like it's like a video it's like hey peter i'm about to like click the link that you sent but i thought it would be cool if i recorded myself doing it so you could actually see like my initial reaction it's like that's awesome that's so cool i, I was so thrilled um but then I tweeted about that. So other people 
could do the same thing. So people just started DMing me to like get the link for like, I'm, I'm willing to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was fun. Uh, so we had a lot more, uh, people look at it, um, which definitely helped on like the positioning and messaging of this thing. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think like, I kind of want to just reveal what we're working on, but we don't know when we'll launch this and this is not going live for two days, but I don't want to say the URL yet. And I don't want to say the name. Um, so that'll be for next week, but by next week, I hope that people already know because I hope that we get to launch this by the end of the week or maybe beginning of next week. So that's, uh, that's what's going on. Do you want to hear what it is? <laughs> I mean, I, I was gonna. I was asking you before we hit record if you want to share the concept or what it is about. Or do you want to save that for? The no, moments? I want to do that. I'm cool with doing okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then go for it. I mean, do you want to do that now, like right now? I mean, I'm I'm down. What is it? What is it? <laughs> it's a SAS. Oh my these? gosh! <laughs> Congratulations, you had another SAS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, um, we're building a. Uh, we're working on because we're not building it yet. We're just we building a we're building a prototype for ourselves uh, to test this um, idea, and we have all the all the design mockups, of course. Um, but we're building basically a competitor to Typeform. So it's a, it's a form builder. It's so it's, it's kind of like, it's a form builder. It spits out hosted forms, right? So it's the same idea as type form, um, but it's obviously different in some ways. Um, but maybe I can talk about what the genesis is for this. Um, mm-hmm. cause when we started looking for new ideas, basically one of the first ideas I had was cause it's like the best or the easiest way at least to get ideas is just by scratching your own itch, right? So when I was figuring out what to do with Branch, I had a lot of interfacing with my investors and advisors because I kind of wanted to keep them in the loop about what was going on and also get their advice and and hear what they thought. So I was talking a lot to my investors and I kind of felt like I needed some sort of um, easier way to do that. I have my own whole system for how I write investor updates in Notion. And I thought that that could potentially be its own product. So started playing around with an idea around that. Um, and kind of where that ended was like, um, and you were actually uh, an alpha tester of this idea. Um, but basically what it came, what it ended up as was like basically a tool that would try to pull investor updates out of founders. And I thought, when I started describing it to one of my friends, I was like, hey, I kind of want something like Typeform where it's just it just gives you one question at a time uh, that, that's like relevant to your investor update <laughs> and just queries you for that stuff. So you just type it in and you're kind of like in a flow state. Um, and then you was like, can't you just like build it in Typeform then and test it? Like mm-hmm. That's actually a pretty good idea. So I did that and I was really, really not happy with, with the state of type form basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of jokingly, I went into our Slack um, mastermind group for you and me and Derek, 
And I was like, whoa, what's going on with Typeform? Uh, they, it feels like they kind of lost some of their uh, mojo a little bit. Um, mm. And I was like, maybe, oh, maybe it's time for some disruption there. But I wasn't really serious about it because it's like, hmm, it's a big thing to build. Um, mm -hmm. Then Derek was like, yeah, he was trying to use Typeform the same week as well. And he also didn't love it. Um, for him, it was more around... I mean, for me, like some of the stuff that I didn't like was like my browser literally crashed every time I tried to like add a question to my form. Crazy. Um, and it was just very slow and clunky. And what Derek didn't like was that it, it was hard for him. He, he's very picky with design stuff and <laughs> like a perfectionist. And he, he thought it was too hard to like get it to look sort of more like Savical, basically his brand. Because um, Typeforms look very much like Typeforms. It's a very distinct look that yeah, they have. Shines through. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like not what he was going for. So we just started playing around with this idea and we had like a ton of different iterations, I think. Like the first one, the first idea was, I thought was really good. It was kind of Derek's idea. And I actually don't want to share it here because I think we might still do something with it. <laughs> Um, but it was a very developer-heavy uh, idea. Um, I think I remember that one. Yeah, and I'm not like super thrilled about selling to developers right now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. There's a squirrely market. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, but so i don't know it, it it made me curious and i started talking to a few other people in in, in tiny seed about like how they felt about typeform and and on twitter and and it, it it felt like there might be something and this is where it's like you have your long list of criteria for what's a good idea and what's a good project to work on mm -hmm. and it certainly didn't tick all the boxes like there's still stuff about building a form tool that is like maybe less ideal from like an idea idea evaluation standpoint. Mm -hmm. But after going back and forth and playing around with different ideas, I think what we came to con we what we concluded was basically that there was enough good things that we at least wanted to try the idea. And Bjorn and I kind of couldn't stop thinking about this idea, and we just really wanted to try it. So mm -hmm. the the challenge has been to figure out how little basically we could do to hmm. launch this um so we've we've talked to people using typeform that we know kind of like in our network but it's all like friends and people we know pretty well so we we kind of decided that we wanted to reach a little wider audience uh with this and the best way to do that in a more real way was to actually try to design the thing and describe it and announce it and then um, build up like an early access list for it and and then start working on that list so um we already have we have a list now that has only been like so the people that already got the link in my DMs and stuff could sign up. And Derek had the idea to, so a lot of these, like, Derek has a lot of good, good ideas, 
but he had the idea to basically add like a dropdown or radio boxes that said, why, why are you signing up for this? Are you just interested in following the journey or are you a potential user of this? And then we added the option of shut up and take my money. So that's really helpful because most people are definitely just looking to follow the journey, which I think is super legit uh, and Mm -hmm. like a, a reasonable thing to sign up for a thing just to like see what's going on. Um, but it's, it's about like, kind of like the signal to noise radio, a race ratio. Um, Mm -hmm. and it helps filter people a little bit (laughs) by querying for the people that are actually interesting. And we already have a handful of people, um, that picked interested, (laughs) even though we haven't really, you know, tried to sell it to anyone yet. Um, but yeah, what we're curious about is launching this thing and see who signs up and then start doing some more like serious customer development um, on those people and then just take it step by step from there basically. So we coming out of branch, like we're definitely not trying to jump head first into the next thing and not do our homework. Um, So probably the biggest risk here is that we, we wait too long or we don't, like we don't want to pursue any ideas because they don't take all the boxes because we're so careful um, after the previous experience. Um, but yeah, we're pretty excited about this idea. Um, yeah. It's good. I mean, I like. I, I, it's funny. I had a front row seat and I didn't quite put together the how you end up more at forms in general. I mean, I remember that conversation around investor updates etc and uh and then yeah you did start kind of went after forms i didn't realize sort of how you knew that type form was kind of the um the pain that it was you know and i think that's that's a part of this story right is that very successful company obviously but then like all successful companies it gets to some state where it just isn't good for some segment of people anymore so i'm kind of curious like how how do you plan to differentiate it's kind of a question i had along i don't know if you want to share your thoughts on that yeah i mean i'm happy to the so kind of like the the things that we're focusing on um on the website we're building we literally have a box about how our tool is better than typeform um and I mean, I could just go through it. <laughs> yeah, well, you say it's better better than, but I think the, uh, I almost said the Jason Cohen sort of uh, voice on my shoulder is like, no, it's not. Clearly it's not. It doesn't even exist yet. It's not better because yeah. if it were better, you know, all these things. So it's probably not better for everybody, right? It's yeah. not. Yeah, you know, right, true. Better. But like yeah. your vision is a product that's better for a certain group of people for certain reasons. So yeah, what are those, what are those distinctions? Yeah, I mean the the we're focusing on so we're scratching our own itch the the genesis right so we're we're focusing on sort of like B two B SaaS founders people maybe maybe even like the no code space like there's some overlap there tech savvy marketers maybe um, but I think that's not something we focus on on the website but something that I I, I feel like the direction that Typeform is going, it's very B2C focused. So when you look at their templates, kind of mm. like their, just 
yeah, their templates, especially it's like a nice plant or like a coffee mug or something like that on a <laughs> pink table or like it's like <laughs> it's not really what I want for my SaaS app when I just like want to take someone's right. job application or want someone to have access to my early access list or do mm -hmm. like a, a user interview um so some of the the kind of like the ways that we some of the things we didn't like about Timeform is like first like first of all I think they're just coasting a bit like it's just how it feels like cuz and I think every big company will do that eventually like they're just a really big company with like 400 employees or something like that and yeah. uh, you know the founding founding CEOs they've kind of like stepped down and are working on a new thing and mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing you see with all these startups it's, once they're like 10 like, years old of extreme yeah. growth. And it, it takes a very, it's a very rare case where they don't just travel along that S curve and go from huge innovation and then hit that, hit that corner, hit that inflection point at the top. And yeah, like you said, coast along the top, they're still growing, but you think about mm. the lift it would be to launch something fundamentally new. It, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, you're better off spinning off another company or or acquiring yeah, somebody which is than, what they're doing and they actually have like a you they have they created it and it, like for their own company like they did like a a documentary that's on youtube about why it took them three years or something like that to launch their new uh form builder hmm. because they're just a big company and i guess busy <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, some of the things we don't like is like it's typeform is is sort of slow. So that means that like when you load, when you open a typeform, the first thing you see is a loading spinner. And it's just, I don't love that. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, their UI is extremely slow as well. But that's not so like your respondents don't know that like they don't care about that. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing we don't like is that it's so like it looks like a typeform. And we wanted something that looks more like our thing. Um, not that we wanted to like have the exact same fun and the exact same design as like whatever our company or like Derek with Savical. It's more the way we think about it is more like a Stripe checkout that it's almost designed to look like a native thing, like on your Mac or something like that. So it's it it doesn't really look like anything. It's just neutral. But then you can add your own branding on top of that, just like a little bit. So it sort of like looks like it's yours and it's it's part of your workflow. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we're going for here. Like we don't really want you to think that it looks like anything except that it just looks clean and neutral. And, you know, if it's Savical, it has like a yellow button and the Savical yeah. logo, right? Um, cool. We want something that's more customizable because I think Typeform's origin is as like it's very much a survey tool. So it's like mm. one question at a time, no matter very, what. Very very linear. Yeah. Yeah. You can't change that. Which is like like just silly things is like if you want to ask for someone's email address, but you also want to have like a checkbox or get their name at the same time, just something like that. It's like, do I really need like two or three pages to do this? Right. Um yeah. and in general, like there are just some things that I, I find a little gimmicky and like, because they're so focused on design. So like they style all input feels the same way. 
no, like even a t- like a text field and a text area is styled in the same way. Mm. Um, but then they add like below the text area, which is styled as a text input. They just add like hit uh, shift enter to create a line break. And I'm thinking like if my mom were to fill out this survey, like she would she would just have to type everything as like one line <laughs> like a marquee or she would just would accidentally just be, keep yeah. going to the next question right of course yeah yeah she she, she would start typing she get to the end hit enter and it would just chop yeah. the first eight Disappear. words and she's like oh, yeah. okay <laughs> yeah so stuff like that it's like i get that it looks you don't like how a text area looks but it's actually the field i need for my form um yeah so yeah just stuff like that um that we're we're focusing on i as i said next week we'll definitely announce the url and the uh, the name and everything um mm-hmm. but i do want to say if there is some if if this resonates with someone i i i i, I definitely would love to talk to them so if people want to DM me like their current use case for type form or like I talked to someone else who was using Airtable forms and complained mm. that it was a bit hmm. boring to look at and slow. Um, if you're using something that you're not super happy with, I would love to talk to you in the DM. I'll, I'll send you what we're working on as well um, so we can get your feedback. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Um, me can't too. wait to I, see what I just the... don't know what to expect. Like I have super low expectations. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I one really uh, one reason I'm excited is uh, obviously there's the emotional uh, aspect and just hey something new. Um, it's got that veneer on it. But something that came up in one of our masterminds was unlike other systems, what you use to survey or take job interviews, etc. It's it's a decision you kind of come to again and again, right? As a company, you know, not just once every five years or once in a lifetime, once in a company's lifetime, or, you know, I hope we never have to change this. This is something that you can kind of reconsider and do reconsider multiple times per year in many cases of like, I I need to send out this new thing. We don't have to use the old tool. We can consider a new one. So I think because of that, it makes me hopeful that you're not going to run into a lot of, um, entrenched sort of anxiety in in habits as we talked about like well we always use google forms it's like no we but we can try something new and it's no big deal people don't expect to always get a form in the exact same format and through the same tool from the same company so and it can even go into the same spreadsheet like it's Mm, right the destination can just be the same place it always was because you just took it up to sepia or google sheets or something like that that's a great point yeah so you don't necessarily have data silos but you get to use a different tool on the front end because you like it better yeah so that that's big because we did talk about <laughs> sort of the post-mortem ish right. or the review the reflection on branch was just the different forces at play and i think i think this has better like a better dynamic sort of a better setup at least from what i can tell right now and we'll 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 see but um it's also a giant market so um and then there's a really interesting thing where when you mention typeform a lot of people have a very positive um impression of them 
But once you start poking just a little bit, everyone's like, yeah, I guess that's kind of annoying and that's kind of weird. And mm. But <laughs> it's like, it's in that way, it sort of reminds me of what Derek is doing when he's competing with Calendly because it's like mm. they Calendly were so different from everything before them. Hmm. And people were so thrilled <laughs> that there was a new way to do this. And they didn't, they hadn't gotten to, they, they had, didn't get to the point where it's like, this is actually frustrating me. I wish there was a better tool yet because they're still riding that wave of like, oh, it's so great that someone solved this problem originally. And I yeah. think Typeform was such a fresh take on forms that, and people just kind of gotten used to them. But then, I don't know. That's been my experience. Like the more I talk to people they're like, yeah, actually it's really annoying that we just couldn't make it look different or we couldn't do this or we couldn't do that. Or, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know that it's enough, but, um, I'm definitely like tracking all these little annoyances that people have with it. And then I guess it's a matter of if the, like, obviously if our product is going to be better, <laughs> but also, um, if, it's the pain versus switching costs, sort of. So it's the pull and yep. push and all this stuff we talked about last time, anxiety and habits. habits. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I don't think the switching cost, maybe a different way of saying what I said is like the switching costs don't appear to be, I'm not concerned about the switching costs. I'd say costs it depends the on the use case. It depends on the use case, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But there's so, my forms are so ubiquitous to the web. That, but let's say you have a form that's basically a sign-up form for a thing where people mm-hmm. are paying money and stuff like that. It's hooked up to Stripe. Oh, it's sure. hooked up to everything in Zapier. Like, that's going to be a hard one to switch. Um, so it's better for new forms, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, even for some existing forms, if the pain is big enough, but I, I, I wouldn't count on it too much. I think you can get your foothold on new. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Like switching yeah. costs doesn't have to be because with a tool like there are some tools where you have to go in knowing that you're gonna try to get somebody to get away from their existing tool. Yeah. Because there's not you know, we have stripes working. I know you want me to use your biller, but like stripes working, you just gotta go in there like guns blazing and try to replace <laughs> this fundamental thing. But there's enough new activity for you that it should get a fair shot. At a lot of places, I would think, like it's just yeah. repeat behavior. Um, I think it's. Uh, I'm excited to learn more, definitely, mm. and it's going to be interesting to learn about, like, more about these friction points and you know potential switching costs versus you know all the the the, the forces uh, making framework or mm-hmm. progress making framework. Right, that's what it's yep. called. Forces um, of progress. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> um, it's like, you know, Typeform, for example, they have a sort of high price point for compared to other tools. So I think we'd probably be priced a little lower. So like maybe that's also like something that can give us a foothold, st- stuff like that, like little things that we can experiment with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We're, we're, uh, we have, I think, I'm pretty excited about the stuff we have and I'm excited to share it with more people. Um, the response has been good so far. Um, definitely had some people 
who got excited about it when they saw it. Um, yeah. So cool. If, if you really want to know, hit me up in the DM. Otherwise, you'll you'll know <laughs> next week. Okay. Yeah. What did you say? What do you have a just sometime next week, or did you have a date in mind? Yeah. I mean, I actually hope end of this week. Um, okay. But cool. it might be early next week. Okay. Next week, though, we'll know. All righty. Yeah. Good. Yep. Love it. It's a pretty cool name as well. It's a pretty good good domain name we got. As I well. was very surprised that you were able to get that domain at this stage. It's clean. It's yeah. It's short enough without giving anything away at all. It's uh, yeah. And the I, th- I think it's, it's actually just parked. I think. Really? How is that even possible? Okay. Well. Anyways, future use of funds. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, man. Cool. Well, what's going on with you and your your team of summiteers? Yeah, the team, man. Um, yes, of uh, that's right, of summiteers, mountaineers, climbers, climbers, um, climbers. The uh, we're climbing, so we are meeting again tomorrow as a product team to talk about the next major release of uh summit and i'm thinking more and more about like the the use cases that we want to go after first with that new release you know why does it exist what is it better at than the previous version of the product and then i'm also thinking about what are the shortcomings and bugs with the current version and where do i need to really get in uh and make a difference so maybe i'll split my update into maker manager like we used to and give myself a little bit of yeah a little bit of guide rails so um maybe start with maker because i think it's it's shorter i have been doing actually no it's funny i thought about engineering work and i'm like i haven't done much coding lately um but that isn't that is true but i've been doing other maker stuff which is designing so on the nice yeah on the engineering maker side i will say that we churned a customer and I relate this to the maker engineer side because there were some there was, there were some challenges in terms of you know their subscription data wasn't in Stripe. I was having to spend a lot of time kind of on the back end trying to do things for them, and they were a happy customer for a few months, and it just became obvious to me that like I, you know I can't ship custom features or features to support them as a user fast enough to retain them really and so they ended up churning and it hurt but it was also a big relief because Mm. just the amount of sort of pressure i was putting on myself um in order to keep them happy was really outweighed the financial benefit at this point you know and I don't want somebody to be unhappy with what they're getting in terms of the value for their dollars. So that's also not something you feel good about. Like when you feel a little guilty <laughs> every day mm. when you're like thinking about them and you're like, oh, I, 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 I got to do this thing. But the, uh, so that was related to sort of the engineering effort. I think the, I'll save the, the lesson of that for the make, for the manager side. Um, the other thing I've been doing as a maker is designing. So, um giles is working on the summit event editor or maybe we'll call it c (laughs) s-e-e uh i don't know yet but i worked on 
It was funny. I sat down at Whimsical, which is my new favorite design tool. And uh, it's really good at like schematics and whiteboarding. Just like simple. It's like balsamic, but with 90 degree angles. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but like maybe even more, has more of an architectural vibe to it. Like more of an illustrator feel almost to me as well. So I've been using Whimsical, um, still in the free version somehow as well. But I originally sat down last week and I was like, okay, I'm going to design the user interface for the new, for the event, for the editor. And I was just stumped at like where to begin. It was just like, that's a lot of different pieces, you know, like where, Mm. how do I, how do I get started? And I had a breakthrough by thinking, okay, Matt, just pretend that I'm the user right now. And I'm staring at a blank slate. Like, and I want to do something. <laughs> like, what do I want to do? Oh, I want to create an event. Okay. How would you do that? And so I ended up thinking more of it as like a state change design rather than a mock up. Yeah. And thinking like, I want to go from a blank slate state to an event existing state, to editing an event state, to running an event state. So I kind of took myself through the user's own flow. And then I added elements to the UI as I realized that I need a thing for this. I need a thing for that. I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to do that. And I like I basically gave myself the ability to run the calculation, to enter the formula, to do the thing. And it was very... It was nice because I was able to just say, okay, a blank slate is a blank slate. If I double click, you get this box. If you type into this box, you get this. If you hit enter, you get this. And I just built out. So I would edit up the deliverable, the final sort of artifact of at least this little design was really just a single event, like a single event on screen going from not being there to being there, the little interactions that you can do with it, the details of it. And then being able to like hit enter, be able to type formulas into it like Excel style, and then be able to run it. And and then I was like, oh, but I want to link data to it. I want to link to other. And so it just kind of like organically grew. Like I started yeah, started using sense. my own <laughs> started using my own UI once as as it sort of came into being. And then when yeah, I finished, it, I was like, it isn't like a redesign. Like it's rethinking from the ground up how this works. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So. That was really fun. I put a cap, I kind of put a cap on that and I said, okay, it's done for now. Sort of V V zero uh, draft. I sent it to um, the team, uh, to Ryan uh, Giles and, and Weston. Uh, and I said, Hey guys, you know, I'm going to get a chance to take a look at this. Uh, it's behind a password. So check it out. And they did. And it just felt good. I was like, okay, this is an atom. <laughs> we have an atom. And now it's like, okay, I can start to think about building molecules with these atoms like how do i connect this to another one oh then managing these molecules well now i need now i need like a layers menu now i need like a this and so it can kind of maybe spiral up and out from this sort of just initial little piece and that really characterizes the whole way i built summit around these events anyway is like they are the the primitive they're the atom so it's given me a lot of uh, sort of on the manager side, it's given me a lot of fresh light, but the make, but the, I will say this, like just being able to design all day 
was amazing. You know, it was like I didn't I didn't hire a designer, but by hiring other people to do the rest of my roles, I can focus four to six hours on design. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was, Is it? Yeah. When I think I'm, tr- I'm trying to picture this right now, and I, I guess listeners as well are trying to picture this. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, can you sort of say that if you imagine like a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and you double click a cell and the cursor yeah. jumps up to the, the, where you could put in functions and stuff like that, that's a, that's a text field in the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And, but that's an entire screen. That's the screen you designed sort of like that's an entire interface to yeah if you think of us an event as like a cell in this yeah an event is it's funny an event is actually a multi you know can have a multi-line so there are yeah, there true. there are yeah. formulas in events, right? Right. And I, I do think it's good to start out by thinking as events as replacing cells. However, what's interesting about it is like, okay, take a spreadsheet. This is like a little bit of product strategy for a second. What's interesting about a spreadsheet is that let's say you label a bunch of rows, okay? MRR expenses. Let's keep it really simple. And then the the net of those two. So MRR expenses, net income. Um, you know, then you go along the x-axis and the x-axis is going to be, you know, April, May, June, July, August, September, right? And now you've got a a table and every one of the cells that's between those two, the intersection of those, it has, what's interesting about those cells is that yes, you can relate them to each other, but you've done one thing, you've constrained something without really Mm -hmm. knowing about it or thinking about it is that, Every adjacent cell has to have the same x-axis as its neighboring row. So neighboring rows have to have the same x-axis. True. Which is kind of a weird constraint when you think about describing a business because you may talk about your sales and your sales team meets weekly. And now you may talk about your... uh, expenses but you tally your expenses monthly and now you talk about your um you know your bookings or whatever but you do that you do that monthly now you talk about your hiring plan but you do that quarterly so it's really interesting about excel is that by having a shared x-axis which is time Mm. you're actually forcing the user to manage those rows at the same cadence as each other that's even if in the even if in real life you don't you don't really manage sales monthly in a lot of ways yes you do if you're a manager but when you're living it you're kind of living your sales weekly you're thinking about week over week growth it's one example sometimes some things are daily like every day we do this thing yeah in so Denmark, reason- it's like we always care about the week number you probably don't mm. know what week number it is right now Oh, funny. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh? It's like I ordered um, someone, I ordered something online today and they were like expecting me to know what week number it is. You're kidding. No, that is serious. really funny. Yeah. That's really interesting. That <laughs> blows my mind. Um, but great example. That's how we plan vacation. It's like every, every kid is out of school in week seven or eight for winter break. Whoa. <laughs> 
That's incredible. Yeah. So great example of, okay, so if an event were just to sell in a spreadsheet, then by by extension, then you would expect neighboring events to have to have the same sort of cadence, the same cycles about them. But the beauty of a, of the of the summit modeling is that no, that's not true. Each event is allowed to have its own, like a calendar event. Each event is allowed to have its own uh, schedule, its own cadence, its own cycle. So some events will repeat daily, some will repeat weekly, some monthly, etc. And what's cool is you can put them both on one canvas and put formulas into each, but each will run at a different frequency. So it's almost can be more like a sheet. It's a sheet. It's actually more like a workbook where a lot of times when you're working in Excel and you have, let's say you have two things you're thinking about and one of them is monthly and one of them is weekly, what do you norm, What do you very often do? You start a new sheet to capture the other thing because you want to use the x-axis as weeks, right? But in the other one, you want to use... So you basically create a new worksheet in an Excel workbook every time you want a new x-axis. And now sometimes you'll cheat and you'll be like, okay, if you scroll down, there's going to be some blank rows and then there's a new x-axis. So there's like a table inside your sheet that that can cause a lot of problems that's like a very quick and dirty way to do it but that can cause problems because now you like insert a column <laughs> like inserts that across all of these x axes that are like not actually tied together so like suddenly we see how the structure of a spreadsheet is now harming us or is constraining us and then harming us because of the because of those constraints so what What's different about a canvas in Summit is an event. Yes, it's a cell. You can think of it that way. But it's really an event. And events are like on a calendar. Each event can have its own frequency. And you can still connect them and say, hey, every time this one runs, I want you to feed its output into this one. But one can be humming along daily and one can be humming along weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever. And... What that means is that if you look at a summit canvas, so what I'm designing is a canvas-based application in this case, where each event is placed on that canvas and they can point to each other. And you're going to end up really building a graph of these events. And then when you run the graph, you get financial output um, similar to Excel. But it it, it feels, it's going to look and feel like a design application but a design application that has objects that contain formulas (laughs) right so it's like oh okay the output of this goes into this and then it takes that it multiplies by these three things and then it sends that output to this and it divides by three and sends it to this right and so you can almost it's very much like a visual programming language in a way Mm. but designed around business events and yeah, business models. Um, and I think the first time people sort of see this, what I want to do is back to the manager side. So we're having a meeting um, tomorrow to talk about like what's the, probably like the first use cases for like the alpha version of this of this new major release, we'll call it. More and more, I'm thinking that it's not necessarily building an entire financial model 
that you get that. We're, we're talking a lot about how do you get that initial hello world experience? Because if you think about a programming language, if it was like, here's Python, here's PHP, let's build an entire web application and then hit run. <laughs> or, or, and then like, and then try it out. Everybody would be miserable, right? But what they first mm -hmm. teach you is like, you know, type in function, type in the parentheses. Now you print or echo hello world and then just, and save it as .php and run that, right? And so you get this little instant satisfaction. So I'm thinking a lot about like, what's the instant satisfaction that you can get from a tool like this? And, you know, one thing that keeps coming back to me is what really Summit is enabling in this mode is quickly and easily doing math across systems of record. So like, let's say you have a number of leads in HubSpot and you have a LTV in Stripe. You know, being able to multiply those together and know that it's your latest and greatest numbers from each of those systems is a pretty big pain, even with a, even with a spreadsheet, right? So that's one kind of use case. But I think it's not that we're trying to necessarily build an you shouldn't have to build an entire financial model to get some satisfaction or value out of the tool is the point. The same way that I think a lot of spreadsheets are only like three rows and like 12 columns. I, I bet you most spreadsheets are tiny. <laughs> and yes, there are like the one megabyte ones that are giant that people build and they're, they're these monstrosities. But how often do you like open up a, a Google sheet or something just to put in like, uh, let me just try out these like seven numbers and two assumptions, like drag them across. And like, you don't even necessarily even give it a title. It's just like, it's this untitled sheet that you just needed to use. You just wanted to do some math, right? Um, and you did it there. And so I think Summit's initial use cases for this tool are going to end up being more of those ad hoc, small sheet calculations and then as we show people, wow, okay, this is really powerful, they're going to want to build larger and larger applications, if you will, larger and larger models. But I think we can get to that aha moment, that wow moments, just with these little, these little atoms, these little molecules, right? So um, that's what the manager's thinking as I do the design. It's fascinating. It's, uh, it's quite, a, quite a product journey. <laughs> to follow Summit from SimSAS days to the potentially the next <laughs> Excel days. Yeah. Um, I actually think that Excel, so ex Excel is a bit of a distraction in, in a sense. Um, there's this new post that just came out today. I can't wait to read um, from Lenny. What's what's Lenny's last name? Lenny, uh, it's funny. Well, no, sorry. It's Packy McCormick, but I thought I might be confusing two Substack bloggers or whatever, but notboring.co. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologies to Lenny and Patty, Packy. Um, Packy McCormick has this uh, also interesting newsletter and it's called Excel Never Dies, the spreadsheet that launched a million companies. So I can't wait to read this, but I think... Excel is a bit of a distraction for Summit insofar as it's not we're not going to make it go away completely but what we're no. trying to what we're trying to do is show that it is not designed for this exercise 
And if we do design something for this exercise, we can do better. Because it stands to reason that if somebody built an application that wasn't <laughs> thinking about this use case, that you can do better when you are. Um, especially if you're going the language route and the platform route. But the the thing that Excel gets wrong and spreadsheets get wrong is that, and this is the big the big idea here, is that we want to we want to bundle two things that happen in business. One of them is the kind of the capturing of data. I want to download this data from my system, from my CRM. Let's say I want to download this list of deals out of Salesforce and I want to share them with you. So actually I want to share them with you. What do I do? I'm going to download them, put them into a spreadsheet, email that spreadsheet to you. You open the spreadsheet, you get to do whatever you want with it. And like, that's how we sort of communicate in, in, in the current world. I think the potential summit has is to give people a platform, if you will, a, a vehicle to kind of share that data, but also bundle in that sort of like pre and post processing that you want to do in the data. Like I want to download the data and then run a couple of calculations on it and only share, I want to share the average with you and I want to share the total with you. I don't want to share all of my data with you. I don't even want to share the customer names with you. I want to share like the average and total number of deals and their value, right? And then so you get that little spreadsheet from me, you take it and then you want to do something else with it. Like you want to copy paste those into your, like your own sales projections and use those. And like there's this ends up being like this five-step process from like my Salesforce system to your financial model and projections because we're partners. And I think Summit has a potential to like bundle together both like the sharing of data and the calculations that we both want to do to the data. Almost like a way, like Zapier kind of gets at this with its zaps of like, oh, I could zap this data to your spreadsheet or something like that. But I think what it misses is, you know, I don't want to just zap data straight from Salesforce to you. Like I want to do something to it and then send you that. And then you want to do something to it and then use it. There's like always this little bit of like logic or math or something you want to do to data before you just adopt it. Yeah. And I think Summit in a very big categorical sense is not just a spreadsheet. It's not a spreadsheet competitor or replacement. I think it's more of this like internet era. We all have all this data. We want to run calculations on it. How do we share that data within our company and then even with partners and external to our company? So what's I'll, I'll put it this way for listeners of the podcast. Like I've been able to think about this a lot more <laughs> in the last couple of weeks because I finally yeah. have folks who are like taking on the um, the engineering and the customer communications pieces. And the reason this is valuable is that I'm trying to design the next version and I'm trying to think, okay, really being a lot more deliberate about the design as opposed to being what I would call very organic with the first couple versions of this product where it was like, I think I know what needs to be here, you know, so let me just create a list. Oh, okay, I think I need a table. Okay, I think I need I think I need a button over here. It's like, oh, let's actually spend, you know, a few weeks designing this because we know kind of what we want to do in the long run. Um so I'm I'm happy with that. I it's not that I want to be anything other than agile, right? Don't get me wrong, but I think this fits more into like the uh the shaping up version of things where you actually spend some time designing <laughs> the thing before you just go headlong into building it so 
Yeah. Do you do you remember the the you sh- I think you shared a blog post at some point called how Figma wins or why Figma wins? Totally. I th- th- this sort of relates to some of the stuff in that blog post as well, I think. Yeah, exactly. They talk about um in that blog post you talked about Figma moving design creating a product for design as opposed to for designers and having design take place online as opposed to design taking place in Photoshop then getting uploaded to Dropbox and then getting synced across other designers who have copies of Photoshop. It's like, no, let's just have design take place in the browser and anybody can participate. So I think in a similar way, I'm saying there's there's a major anybody can participate barrier to spreadsheets right now. Google Sheets, Excel, et cetera. Even with Office 365 and, and G Sheets being shareable, collaboration is tough. Um, so I think it's that. And then funny enough, the same author, Kevin Kwok, wrote a follow-up post to that called How to Eat an Elephant One Atom at a Time. Mm. And he talks about getting the atoms of your application correct. And that basically he who creates the correct abstraction wins. And Figma created a different abstraction than what others have created before. So rather than pixels and vectors, you know, Figma has its own abstraction. And that's how you win as you come up with a different, a different atom. And I think Summit's atom is events. And that's why I'm so excited about saying this is more fundamental than just moving spreadsheet. I'm not creating another spreadsheet. It's not even Airtable. It's this event-based architecture that's just very different fundamentally. Um, so funny enough, that's such a long follow-up essay. I haven't read it yet, <laughs> even though it's been at like the top of my list for several weeks. Um, but you know, if you're up for a 10,000 words or so, uh, it's I think it's good for any of us to think about. It's like, how deep are you really going with forms, right? Are you just creating a new way to style forms? Are you creating a new way to manage a form element? You know, how are you going to store those form elements? Like how deep are you going to go, right? Um, and I think the deeper you go, potentially the more upside. But then, of course, we always run into this like, well, how deep do you want to go at first? And the first version of Summit didn't go deep at all. It was basically just like, store a bunch of numbers and run some calculations. So um, it's a long road, but I think that's a really cool article for those that want to think more about product strategy at that level of, of well, product architecture, put it that way. So, yeah. Yeah, Awesome. Man. Yeah. Sorry, you wound me up, <laughs> which you're good at doing. It's my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's uh, exciting things on the horizon for both of us. Yeah, yeah, some new like change releases. Yeah, some new, some big changes. Exactly, are coming up. Um, so it should be a really fun. It's gonna be a fun summer. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. Great to see you again. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, I'll see you next week. All right. Take care. I'll see you on I'll see you on Twitter Spaces. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Or Hey Space. Bye. <laughs>